This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Peter King was on this radio station yesterday. And boy, was there an interesting answer when he was asked if the 49ers someday will regret not drafting Justin Fields. We'll have that for you later on this hour. Also, Golden State Warriors take their 0-7 road record to Phoenix tonight. You'll hear it right here on 95.7 The Game, and we've got some very interesting things to pass along in terms of how different this team is on uh, on the road versus at home, and therefore uh, what that may mean for uh, for your gambling pleasure. Like I, I think there's uh, there's kind of a Warriors tax that people are paying right now. Um, so we'll get into all of that. Willard and Dibbs, thankful for your presence. 888-957-9570. And we'll get back to your call shortly. But we got questions. We got some questions to ask right about now. Hopefully we got answers coming. Uh, I think we do. In the form of Chris Kirshner, who covers the Yankees oh. like a glove. Chris, good morning. Thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're, do- we're doing great, except for uh, we really, 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 really want Aaron Judge to leave your beat um, and, uh, and, and come be a, a member of the San Francisco Giants. So there are a bunch of questions. Let's start with this. Um, the, the keeping of Anthony Rizzo means what in your mind for Aaron? I think it only helps uh, the Yankees' cause of keeping Judge. Um, since Rizzo joined the Yankees a couple years ago, um, him and Aaron have gotten really, really close. Uh, you can pr- you can pretty much call Rizzo Judge's co-captain. You know he doesn't have the official captain title that the Yankees do, but um, you know Rizzo and, and Judge are are tied at the hip. And the first thought that I saw yesterday when Rizzo resigned with the Yankees is, oh, like this this means good news for their pursuit of keeping judge. So I think it only helps. I don't think it hurts at all. Um, Hal Steinbrenner, the Yankees owner, actually spoke with a couple of Yankees reporters yesterday and, and said that any move that they make, um, you know, whether they, I don't know, if they sign show, uh, they trade for Shohei Otani, and obviously he's, he's making $30 million. He was saying that no move that they make uh, precludes them from signing judge, no matter how long it takes. So, I, I definitely think it's a positive that they re-sign Rizzo for their their pursuit of keeping him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a negative. I think you're right about that. But I'm curious, and Mark and I have been having this discussion about the public courtship of Aaron Judge. It seems a little out of character for the Yankees. Why do you think the Yankees are so public in wooing a player that they already have had? 
Because I think they, they realize that there is certainly a risk of, of losing him. Um, I don't think it's a slam dunk that, that Judge returns to the Yankees. You know, going back several years now, when Derek Jeter was a free agent, I don't think there was any concern that Jeter was going anywhere. I think there's been concern with, with Judge leaving the Bronx and, and going elsewhere. I mean, I think it's been pretty much a two-team race now for, for Judge, with the Giants being the other team. So I think there's some concern, and I think that uh, Hal Steinbrenner realizes that. He's, he's usually one to not get directly involved with free agent negotiations, especially when it comes to retaining their own players. He wasn't involved in the Rizzo talks. Um, but he's been involved with the uh, judge conversations. He had a one-on-one conversation with, with judge. Um, I don't know when exactly, but uh, since the season has ended, he, he and he and Judge met in Tampa, which which both of them where both of them live, and you know he pretty much told them like we want you, we will pretty much do whatever it takes within reason. We are going to build a title contender around you. We're going to improve the team, and I think that it was important for Steinbrenner to tell Judge because obviously the Yankees have fallen short. Since Judge has been in the Bronx, um, they've gotten close with the Astros back in 2017. They were swept this year, not close at all. And, and I think improvement is, is very necessary. And I think Judge, you know, even when he was going through his home run chase, uh, the night he hit 50 homers, and I think that was late August, uh, the Yankees lost to the Angels that night. And he was just talking about, like, doesn't really matter. All I want to do is win. So I think it's important for Judge to hear that the Yankees are doing whatever it takes to build a, a true title contender around. Y- Yankee reporter Chris Kirshner is with us here on Willard and Dibs, 95.7 The Game. Chris, couple questions come off of what you just said. Let me spotlight a quick one first. You said the Yankees and Giants are in a two-team race for Aaron Judge. Is that is that accurate? I mean, I think there are other teams involved. I think those are the, the two clear ones with everybody else, you know, falling behind them. Um, you know, the, you can't ever count out the Dodgers for doing something crazy. Um, you know, if the Mets want to spend and then they have an owner who is willing to spend on, on any player out there, I mean, you can't count them out. But, you know, from ever since I, I got on the beat, it's pretty much been it's going to be between the Yankees and the Giants. And if he signs with any other team, it would be a, a, a very, very big surprise. So, yes, I would, I would classify this as a two-team race. And, Chris, the other thing that I – very, very interesting to hear you talk about how involved ownership is. I get part, part of that is just because it's Aaron Judge, right? This is a very, very big name. But but it it has at times translated to me – in watching the Yankees talk about this so publicly every day, it feels like they're begging a little bit, like they're talking through the media to send messages to Aaron or setting up their fan base for the whole, hey, we tried kind of a thing when I, when I see this. Because you don't see teams do that very often with free agents and talk about it so publicly. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I would also say that it's, kind of common sense that they would want to resign a player of his stature. I mean, he hit 62 home runs this, this season. Um, the Yankees are, are one of those organizations in, across all of sports where the history of the franchise means so much to them. Um, you know, they have several guys who you know by one name, you know, Jeter, Rivera, 
Ruth, Garrick, Mansell, DiMaggio, and the list goes on and on. And, and they, they feel like Judge can, can be that kind of guy if his career continues on the trajectory that it, that it has. Yeah, Chris, I Chris, not, not to interrupt, but I, I, I get that they want to. But the way they're going about it is is what is is interesting to me. Of course, they would want to, but do they do this normally? Are they out in the media being like, "Yep, we told him, we told him, we told him, we love him, we love him, we'll do anything for him"? I don't think it's um, uh, a change for what they do. I mean, they were talking about you know they they've been public about wanting to, to resign Anthony Rizzo, and he's nowhere near the player that that judges, of course. So I don't think it's. It's uncommon for them to be so public about, you know, expressing their desire for bringing back a player. I think the only major change is Steinbrenner directly himself getting involved in the conversations. I think that is the big change. I mean, they did this with Jeter. I mean, they were they were publicly saying that, you know, obviously we want this guy back, we want him back, we want him back, and and they eventually did bring him back. So I don't think it, it's a, a change from what they do when it comes to expressing publicly so adamantly and so frequently saying that we want this guy back. I mean, they've been saying that since opening day when they've revealed the, the extension offer. So I, I, don't, I don't think that's, that's a big, big deal. How much did that revelation and the fact that the Yankee fans booed Judge in the beginning and booed Judge at the end, how much do those things play into maybe Aaron's desire to try and find greener pastures elsewhere? I mean, I, I've heard that uh, he's he wasn't happy to to hear the booze. Um, not like he's going to say that publicly, um, but I, I've I've heard it. It does mean something to him to hear that. But he's also not the only player, good player, to be booed. Um, when I grew up, in, I grew up in the Bronx, and I remember several times that Jeter was booed and, and Rivera when he would blow a save. And, and obviously he's one of the best pitchers of all time. So it, this isn't anything new. Um, to me personally, I've, I've been surprised to see the stories about how much fan discontent, discontent is, is growing and how it's, it's bothered players. I mean, this isn't new. Like this, this has been going on for, for decades now. Um, but for to Aaron's credit, at least what he's told the the media when we've asked him about, you know, when he's been booed, especially in the playoffs, it's like, you know, I, I would boo myself. That's what he said. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't good in the playoffs, and he hasn't been good in the playoffs in his career. I think he's batting around like two two twenty in his career in the postseason. So he hasn't he hasn't really produced the same level that he has in the regular season. So. I mean, he he's said it himself that, you know, he needs to be better, and he understands when fans do boo him. Chris, really interesting for you to take us inside the dynamics there in New York. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks a lot for having me. Okay, there it is. Chris Kirstner, who covers the Yankees. How'd that make you feel? It made me feel a little bit uh, concerned. And as I, as I was listening to Chris and going over his article what Hal Steinbrenner is saying is basically we will spend every possible dollar. Basically what he's saying is they have enough money to not be outbid and also they can spend enough around Aaron Judge to make Judge happy that this team is going to be a winner. So that part of it, I think, you know, if the Giants... If the Giants are going to match every dollar... Yeah, they might say the exact same thing, no? Right, so if the money's going to be equal, and it feels like it is. So if the Yankees are saying, we'll give you eight years and 
$360 million, <laughs> which is 45 a year. And then the Giants, you know what? We really want him. We'll give you eight years and $361 million. And then the eight, 362 You could get into a bidding war, and ultimately, if the money's even, I don't know where Aaron Judge would want to be. Because either way, I think this is going to be the largest total contract in the history of Major League Baseball. So then it comes down to really, yeah, where he wants to be. Uh, gosh. What's I the mean, record right now? Is it Mookie Betts? Nah. The largest you're total about, deal. And you're not talking about per year. You're talking about just total the, total, the total money right now. Where, what's Trout at? Uh, highest paid MLB um, right now. Mookie 365. Uh, 365. I think Trout got, got more than that, didn't he? Harper got 13 years and 330. Yeah, Trout got Man. 12 and 426. Okay, wow. Uh, wow. Garrett Cole, 9, 324. Um, 12 and 426. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he's going to get past and Soto's gonna, that. And Soto's going to get more. Soto, like they haven't done it yet. Right? He's, he's only twenty five. Think he's another year or two away. 25? But yeah, like that, he's gonna. So judge I, at thirty, he's probably not going to get more than eight years. He might, you know, and that may be where the bidding war goes. It may come down to years, geez. and you know, if if the money's equal, and I think the money will be equal based on what Chris Kirshner was saying, and based on what I've been reading from Hal Steinbrenner, they're not going to get outbid. So then it comes down to what judge wants. Do you want to be with your boyhood team or do you want to be with a club that you already know that is more built to win right away? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what though, him also saying uh, this is two horse race. Yeah, like, And, and yeah. I agree with that. That's where, so let's play optimism, pessimism here for just a second. You want me to be the pessimist? Well, no, I just... <laughs> it seems I, to work best for I, us. I think there are two ways to do optimist, pessimist. The, 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 the pessimistic view is the incumbent has always got a little bit of a feather in their pocket, number one. And number two, the incumbent in this case is the damn Yankees, okay? It's the Yankees. So if I'm handicapping it... Are the Yankees the favorite? Yeah, probably. But as I've said all along, the re- this is an optimistic take. If he leaves, I think it's here. I do. It would shock me if Aaron Judge next year is playing for somebody other than the Yankees or the Giants. I agree with that. I just went to uh, bookies.com. Bookies, bookies, bookies. Book, 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 book. <laughs> uh, Aaron Judge, next team odds, Giants, plus 200, Yankees, plus 275. Mm. So the implied probability, Pretty close. one in three chance that he goes to the Giants, 26.7% chance he goes to the Yankees, so slightly better than one so in the, four. So the Giants are the favorite. Correct, according to bookies.com. Wow. Then the Dodgers... Mets and Astros tied. Yeah, I think then that's the, all. Well, the field actually is ahead of the Mets and the Astros. Yeah, that's. I think that's a bunch of noise, and I think the Dodgers noise. Yeah, I you know are the Dodgers just playing? You know, drive the price up. I'm sure they take him. It's not that they wouldn't do that. So but, to Chris Kirshner's point, the two team race. Yeah. According to bookies.com, third reference, sixty percent chance it's Giants or Yankees. Forty percent chance it's somewhere else. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy is the number. Jesse Rogers on MLB free agency next hour. Uh, speaking of a two horse race, uh, do we have a two horse race developing between Justin Fields and Trey Lance, or for that matter, anybody who took a quarterback 
back in the 2021 NFL draft because Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson can be involved in this conversation as well. Now, Lawrence Mills. You can never forget Davis Mills. Well, now, Houston, I guess, did Houston have a first-round pick that was earlier than Justin Fields? And they went with Davis Mills in the second round. But in particular, the quarterbacks who went before Fields. Lawrence was one of these guys I would never blame a team. Trevor Lawrence was the known number 1 overall draft pick a year and a half before it happened. But Zach Wilson was kind of a Johnny-come-lately-to-the-party. Trey Lance was an unknown at a smaller university. If you had gone back to the beginning of the college season in 2020, it was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and that's it. Those were 1-2. And Fields went through the process and in some sort of way turned people off a little bit. And he slipped. And he ended up with the Bears. And then we've even watched him for about eight games this year and went, yeah, gosh, this is a mess. And then something happened. Something happened on Monday night against the New England Patriots four weeks ago. I don't know what happened. All I know is the Bears can't stop scoring points. They can't stop scoring points. Eberflus figured it out. And Trey Lance has ended up in... Just an absolute storm. This is like they, the start of the career could not be worse. You can't get Jimmy Garoppolo out of town, and your body betrays you uh, on a number. Even right. the smaller injuries. When he's been on the field, he's gotten hurt a lot in the first year and a half of his career. Peter King yesterday, ninety-five-seven. The game. Will the Forty ers regret not taking Justin Fields? I think every team that draft is going to be saying that in three or four years. You know, like somebody asked me today, do you believe that Trent Baalke and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, knowing what they know, would have picked Justin Fields with the first pick in the draft? What I feel pretty confident in saying is if they knew what we know now, they would have traded down and gotten a lot of value for somebody wanting to trade up, you know, for Trevor Lawrence. And they would have taken Justin Fields. And again, I don't think there's any need or any reason whatever to trash Trevor Lawrence. I just think in the last month, the best player in the NFL has been Justin Fields. Peter King, best player in the the NFL over the last month. Football league. I mean, go to his game log. Okay, He's been incredible. And by the way, uh, Houston's first pick in that draft was in the third round where they took Davis Mills, the third rounder. There were a total of 10 quarterbacks taken in that year's draft. So for the sake of this discussion, we can throw out Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Book, 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 Ian Book. And Sam Ellinger might be a fun one to throw in just because he was a starter for a hot second. For but a minute, yeah. We'll throw him out as well. If we redrafted the quarterbacks... Just the the six quarterbacks that went from Davis Mills on up is Justin Fields. Peter King is now saying Justin Fields would go first overall if you just drafted the quarterbacks. Well, uh, again, so much of quarterbacking is contextual. Yeah, Our fan base knows that better than anybody in the entire league. It is contextual. We've literally had Jimmy Garoppolo for six years, and at least half the fan base doesn't think he's very good. They think his success is what? Contextual. Yeah. So we get that. But uh, this month... Okay, from Monday, October 24th until now, November 16th, 2022. Here's the data on Justin Fields. Four games, right? Four games. 
His team's point total. Now, he's 1-3 in these I was four games. Say, they cannot win. His offense's point total in those four games, 33, 29, 32, 30. It's pretty good, Mark. Okay. It's averaging 30-plus. And um, they can't win a game. They've won one game, here, averaging 30 <laughs> points a game. Correct. Yikes. Well, not only did they have a bad defense, then they traded away the only good players they had on that defense. A couple defense. of them, yeah, Roquan, Roquan Smith. Smith. And- All right, here are the completion percentages in those four games. 61.9, 73.9, 60.7, and 60. So still not not great. Elite passing. Um, Give thir- me the rushing yards. Yeah, 13 to 21, 17 to 23, 17 to 28, 12 of 20. They're still not throwing the ball a whole, a whole lot. Oh, but the rushing stats. Rushing the stats. highlights. 82 yards and a touchdown. Uh-huh. 60 yards and a touchdown. Man. 178 yards. Buck 78. And a touchdown. That's Kaepernickian. 147 yards and two touchdowns. Jeez. Hang on. This needs to be a calculation sensation. Cha-ching. Hold on a second. Right now. Do the numbers again. I'll do it in my head. 82 yep. plus 60. Yeah, buck 42. Plus 178. That's a 320. Plus 147. That's 467, 467 Mark. yards. Put down your calculator. I'm here for you. And five touchdowns. Five touchdowns in On four the ground. Weeks. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. And we love recency bias in this business. So I'll ask you again. And I'm going to ask it a little bit more firmly this time because I'm going to need an answer. If you redraft just the quarterbacks in that 2021 draft, you've got Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, McCorkle Jones. McCorkle. The only Pro Bowler, by the way, among those mentioned. <laughs> and Davis Mills. Stop it. Those are facts. Well, wait a minute. Just Davis Mills? Are we going all the way to the third round? No. There, were no, there had to be other quarterbacks in there. No, there was five in the first round. Yeah, just that, Trask but... in the second round. We'll throw him out. Okay. Mond and Mills in the third. Oh, Kellen Mond. Book, book, book. In the fourth. Yeah. And then Ellinger went in the sixth. Yeah, Kyle. What's going on? How do we feel about pro football focus grades? I love them. I love them. I'm addicted to them. I'm looking at passing grade, just passing, not overall offense, but yep. the the passing category grade. Yep. yep, yep. Uh, where do we think Justin Fields ranks this season? Oh. <laughs> Spinelli, okay. game show Wait, music. So oh, this is sweet. like one through thirty-two. Is it, is what you're asking? Starting quarterbacks? Sure. Well, just quarterbacks. Just quarterbacks. All quarterbacks. Passing grades. Passing yeah. grades. Probably 25th. I'll take the over. So this is with uh, quarterbacks 50% of 445 dropbacks. Justin Fields is 27th out of 27. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great guess. Yeah, it was a really very good, good guess. guess. And it was really also good that I took the over. That oh, was risky. Kidding. I did it. If you put him among rushing quarterbacks, he's probably... Second? First or second? Well, number three in running grade. Okay, but he's got to be number one in yards. He's closing in on 1,000 yards Lamar Jackson's already. probably... He's, uh, you know, as far as... Uh, and I can put up the... Uh, 749 yards for Fields so far, because Lamar has not had any games like Fields has had the last two weeks. Justin, I mean, Field, Justin Fields is already on pace to break the all-time rushing record for quarterbacks. Yeah, so rushing yards for Lamar Jackson... This year, he's got six thirty-five. Okay, six thirty-five, and Fields has seven forty-nine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, look, if you redrafted those quarterbacks, Josh Allen four seventy-six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, recency bias. But if you redrafted the quarterbacks right now, Justin Fields goes number one, doesn't he? 
I think the only number one. the only debate would be he or Trevor Lawrence. And 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 like I'm gonna take the L. But like five weeks ago, I'm like he can't play. Right. And that like I get it. It sounds ridiculous, but if you drew a line four weeks ago, he literally had no good games in his career. None. A couple good plays against the Niners. And then all of a sudden, four straight weeks of 29-plus points and averaging 113 yards a game on the ground with five scores. Like, I mean, he's, the, the athleticism has never been in question, but could you turn that into points? The answer had always been no. Four weeks ago, they snapped a finger, and the answer has been unequivocally yes. Still can't turn it into wins, though. No, because is, his uh, defense gives right. up 35 points a game. Yeah, Kyle. He's sixth in the league in rushing <laughs> out of everybody. That's crazy. <laughs> Running backs included. Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, that's, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce, stupid. Justin Fields. All right, so how would y'all answer that? Niners going to regret Trey Lance, and you can you can answer it with with Justin Fields or any other way. Niners going to regret Trey Lance. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy is the number. It's sponsored by ChooseChange.org. Willard and Dibs ninety five seven. The game. Now back to now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. <laughs> okay, Steph. Do you know what my favorite part about that is Spadone? If there's any way at some point for you to spotlight the in between part after he tries to call me Damian Lillard, when he sort of says to himself, "Look, Willard, what the, like what the?" He sort of gives himself like, "What the hell is that? Who's this guy?" Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Steph. Appreciate you. Um, we'll get to some Warriors for sure. Actually, let me ask you real quick. Like, let me throw this at you, and then we'll keep going with the Justin Fields and Trey Lance thing. Um, Jesse Rogers on MLB Free Agency is about a half hour away. Doc Feely on with us today as well. Okay. Are you cleared to play right now? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. All right, I good. I took the ferry today, so I'm in a much better state of oh, mind. Fresh air in the morning. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, no Bay Bridge, no hour and 30-minute commute. From the East Bay. You're just trying to leave the house earlier and earlier, aren't you? No, I'm, really I'm trying to actually leave at the same time, but take the edge off. Okay. Because okay. Uh, sitting in the Bay Bridge traffic makes me want to uh, do bad things to other people. You know what takes the edge off? Uh, a, um, a Manhattan on the rocks. Manhattan on the rocks. In the morning. Well, huh. Dude, do what you got to do, man. Right. You're in crisis mode right now. There's wow. a baby. There's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. But. Your boy was up from... Uh, <laughs> I was up from about 3 a.m. on today. Yeah. Um, it's pretty fun. Seriously? Yeah. Gosh, you know, whatever. Got five hours. Oof. Yeah. Um, 116 points per game at home. 110 on the road. Field percentage, 49.5 at home, 46.5 on the road. Their three-point percentage, home, 40.1 on the road, 34.6. Rebounds per game. 41-1 at home, 38.9 on the road. Uh, assists are down. Fouls way up. Oh. Fouls at home, 19.7. Road, 25.3. Home plus minus, they're plus 9.8. Road, minus 10.3. Look, um, I don't know when this is going to change. I firmly believe that it will, but it hasn't yet. 
They are not a good basketball team away from Chase Center so far this year. You don't need me to tell you that. They are 0-7. And tonight, while a wounded Phoenix Suns team, they are still playing a good Phoenix Suns team. Yet the number is like one. The number's one. And, and it just... Do the numbers for the Warriors right now feel like they're based on reputation? The much, much more than, than reality? No, I think that the spread is representative of the fact that they can't keep losing on the road. And I know Phoenix is good, but Cam Johnson is out. Chris Paul is out. So it's not the Phoenix that we're used to seeing. And then there's the sense that they've got to be a better team. Clay Thompson, fresh and motivated. You remember Devin Booker and he, they went back and forth. Clay got ejected for the first time in his career. Clay coming off a game in which he sat. And all the chatter on these airwaves and many other shows about Clay Thompson. Is it time to bring him off the bench? You're going to get a highly motivated Clay. And I also think that the Warriors come out highly motivated as well because they understand, Mark, that they're 0-7 on the road. And this is not something that they're going to take lying down. Add to the mix the fact that you don't have James Wiseman in the rotation any longer. It seems like the Warriors right now are in a better spot than they were last time they headed out on the road. Put aside the Sacramento game, skip that one, but when they went 0-5 on that trip, this team feels different than that team. 0-7 is obviously ridiculous, but I can make you feel better for a second about the whole road thing if you want. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, game show music, please, if you would. Mr. Joseph uh, Spadone, uh, Dan Dibley, how many basketball teams in the National Basketball Association Association. currently, now this is an incredibly small sample, but it, I think, furthers the point, how many teams have a winning record on the road? Oh, a winning record. I thought you were going to ask me how many teams are winless on the road. No. Uh, uh, well, we can do that next yeah, if you want. <laughs> there might be three or four winless road teams. How many teams have a winning record on the road? Yep. I would say five is the answer. Five teams, Mark. Um, the answer is six. Oh, okay. somehow, somehow the Clippers oh. have a winning record on the road, even though they're eight and seven. That's weird. They have a losing record at home and a winning record on the road. But outside of that, yeah, it's the top seeds: the Blazers six and two away, the Nuggets are five and four away, Boston Celtics five and two, Milwaukee Bucks three and two, Atlanta Hawks four and three. That's it. By the way, you were also right. Four teams in the NBA are winless. On the road, that would be Orlando, Detroit. Oh, what do they have in common? Oh, they beat the Warriors. They give their best punch when the Warriors are in town. Don't use that voice. Those are facts. Those are facts. They gave the Warriors the best punch, and the Warriors couldn't take it. They sure did. And I've been told they're athletic. Very. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Amazing voice, and I don't like it. I don't like any of it, do to be honest know, with you. Do you know how offensive it would be to walk up to an NBA team in practice and be, well, look, guys, we didn't play very well yesterday, but that's okay because we're not very athletic. You know, I know you guys are being paid $8 billion to play basketball, but you're not very athletic. You're not as young or as athletic. Stop it. It's literally... you got to say athletic with three syllables to be really... That's my bad. Yeah. Honestly, the NBA, these are the best athletes in the world. This is a collection of the most athletic people. These are... There are seven-foot people who can dribble. I mean... Some can even catch a pass when it's thrown to them. (laughs) Boardwalk! Sometimes. That's a shot. Uh, The other uh, winless teams on the road are... uh, Boy... The uh, Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Tough time to be a Spadoni these days. Wow. You're a Raider fan, and they're a dumpster fire. You're a Laker fan, and they're 3-10. and 10. I'll say it. They stink. Dude. Sorry, Spadone. Dude. Thanks yeah. for the shot. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The A's will save it in free agency, though. Yeah. At least I made my yes, shot, Spadone. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, so it'll change at some point, but... And Phoenix, by the way, is not. They're not the dominating team at this point that they were last year. And as you said, uh, they're wounded. And I think the Warriors probably have something for them tonight. I just think in general, when you look at Warriors numbers, and I'll pull this up in a little bit, but like the NBA teams against the spread, you're you're betting on the Warriors to wake up. And and that's a hard thing to do. If you do it five times in a row, you're like, you're going to wake up tonight, right? Are you going to? Okay, maybe tonight's the night you're going to wake up. Next thing you know, you know you lost five times in a row trying to put a little paper on the dubs. It's tough. You know? I got him as a pick'em by the way tonight. Now, uh, really? Yeah, down to a pick. This is according to ESPN. And uh, I get you the live line. It, de- I get you it the depends line. where you can get it. Either way, it's a toss-up kind of ball game. And I mentioned this yesterday, Mark. Warriors thirty-two and forty-six over the last two plus years on the road in the regular season. So we all look at this 0-7, and we want to pull our hair out, and it is a bit of a gross anomaly, but they have not been a good road team in the regular season the last couple of seasons. Yeah, Warriors plus a half is the live Bet okay. Rivers line right now, plus a half. I don't even know what that does for anyone. They don't have ties. It's stupid So it's a pick em. It's a, it's a pick em. Plus a half? Yeah, it's plus a half. It's plus a half if you're going to get into teaser, the teaser market. Yep. So if you want to tease the Warriors, you're going to get five and a half on five-point teaser. I don't like a tease. I, I don't want a teaser. I don't want to be teased. Um, a two-team teaser usually pays the same as a one-game straight-up bet. It's about even money, Mark. Okay. Right. So if you like the Warriors, but you think maybe they'll lose a close game... You'd get into the teaser market, you play a five-point teaser, you get the Warriors plus five and a half. If they lose by four, it's a win. Uh, good uptick. And I, uh, we'll get some Wiseman stuff after listening to uh, Bonte and Joe talk to Tim Roy this morning that we want to get to. But uh, for the moment, um, even if I put Justin Fields aside, how would you answer that question? Do you believe the 49ers are going to regret Trey Lance? Well, I think it's possible, but... 
I don't think they're going to regret it in terms of Justin Fields. I don't think that they're going to see what Justin Fields ends up doing and say, man, he was a lot better than we thought. We should have drafted Justin Fields. I think that they can regret Trey Lance based on what Trey Lance is unable to do. So it's kind of a non-answer. It's kind of a double answer. Because I think what you're asking me is, are they going to regret Trey Lance because Justin Fields is going to be so good? I don't think that's going to be the case. So, again, this is all off of the comments that Peter King made uh, to uh, to Damon and Ratto yesterday here on 95.7 The Game. If you missed him, he was asked, are the 49ers going to regret not picking Justin Fields? I think every team that draft is going to be saying that in three or four years. You know, like somebody asked me today, do you believe that Trent Baalke and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, knowing what they know, would have picked Justin Fields with the first pick in the draft. What I feel pretty confident in saying is, if they knew what we know now, they would have traded down and gotten a lot of value for somebody wanting to trade up, you know, for Trevor Lawrence, and they would have taken Justin Fields. And again, I don't think there's any need or any reason whatever to trash Trevor Lawrence. I just think in the last month, the best player in the NFL has been Justin Fields. I'll redraft for you. Just the top five. Just okay. the top just the first round quarterback. Because Justin Fields went eleventh in that draft. Right, so there are I'm... ten teams, to Peter King's point, yep. ten teams that have the ability to regret not taking Justin Fields. So if you're redrafted today, just those quarterbacks. Right. Number one is Fields. Number two is Lawrence. Number three is Lance. Still. Wow. Number four is Wilson. And number five is Mac Jones. And then Davis Mills. Well, again, I'm leaving the third round. I know Davis ended up being a starter, so that's why you're doing it. But Davis Mills is not... Davis Mills is not a long-term starter in this league. But Davis Mills right now has had a better career than Trey Lance. Well, of course. Trey hasn't played. He hasn't played. played, but he's been unable to stay on the field because he's had had a multitude of injuries. Okay, let's, let's actually... Let's do that for just a second. Has Davis Mills had a better career than Trey Lance? Because Davis Mills' team is 1-7-1. So he's out there. They'd be 0-9 without him, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Would they? <laughs> I don't know. I mean... They're terrible. Like, what is it you can say about Davis Mills? Well, he's there. He's got a helmet. He's a starter. Right? And he's not embarrassing. You know? Like, he can complete he's a pass. Fine. Yeah. But he's not going to be someone's answer for a long time. And that's why I do the, the rankings the way that I do. Justin Fields has shown over the last month he's going to be the Bears quarterback now for a while. He's going to be the Bears quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is number two because while I do think that it's it's lacked pizzazz and it hasn't really popped, it's enough. It's enough to sort of justify the pick. He's not going anywhere for a while. The Jags are not a good team, but they've lost. I mean, all of their games have been by one score. Again, he's shown some good things. For me, Trey is number three just because what I'll pick next is the unknown. Because as I, opposed to what we know with Mac Jones and, and even Wilson. Zach Wilson, like I know the Jets are winning football games, but for all of you Jimmy G haters who looked at the playoffs three years ago and went, they're winning in spite of Jimmy, they're winning like they beat the Packers with eight pass attempts. Okay, if that's where you're from, go look at Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, to me, when I watch him play, is not winning football games for the Jets. They started winning because. Robert Sala has totally changed the culture. 
Uh, they've got a very good defense. My gosh, did they nail the first round of the draft. This Sauce Gardner guy, forget Revis <laughs> Island. I mean, man, put that sauce all over everything because he is unbelievable. Yeah. Right, And then they had Brees Hall showing out for a little while. They've learned how to grind out 17-16 to 16 type games. But there's nothing about Zach Wilson right now that says star. And then I'll extend that even further with Mac Jones. Mac is fine. There's never going to be a day, in my opinion, where Mac Jones is a Super Bowl quarterback. Can he be a placeholder? Can he... Whatever. Can he kind of get you to a wild card game here and there if you're part of a really good organization? Sure. Does he excite anybody ever? No. In fact, three weeks ago, we're like, huh, Zappy? Should we bench him for Zappy? So I'm not excited about those two players. I have no idea what Trey Lance is. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are showing some things. That's why I would do it in the order I did it. Yeah, I would actually put Davis Mills up ahead of Mac Jones <laughs> and will, Zach Wilson. You will not love. That's interesting. Okay, I mean, if we're gonna play the game, I'd buy that. And you know, Trey I mean, Lance. It depends on how you feel about Trey Lance, but right now, based on what these players have done in their career, he's at the bottom because he can't stay healthy. And, and the number one ability is availability. Davis Mills, eleven touchdowns, nine picks, and a QBR of thirty-two point four. Mac Jones, four touchdowns, seven picks, and a QBR of 32.7. On a better team. Exactly. Which So you could give him the credit for the wins, but... Zach Wilson has a higher QBR, four touchdowns, five picks. He's got an upside-down ratio as well. So I think when you get beyond Lawrence and Justin Fields, and I agree with you about the top two, I still would take Trevor Lawrence ahead of Justin Fields because defenses are going to adjust to Justin Fields, and then what? But can you? Yeah, you can keep him in the pocket. No, you can't. Well, that's you're the gonna point. Have to, you're going to have to find I mean, a way to do that. I don't know. To me, that's Make like saying the football. defenses are going to adjust to Lamar Jackson. Are you sure? You can't catch him. The beauty of Justin Fields and why I would take him number one overall now is because of just that. He's still not an elite thrower of the ball. It's getting better. It's definitely getting better. I mean, go look at Darnell Mooney, his top receiver, Go look at his stats for the first seven games and then look at what's happened since. He's definitely getting his receivers more involved. But he's not an elite thrower of the ball, but neither is Lamar Jackson. But you don't have to be an elite thrower when you are so good at navigating the run game. You are so hard to catch. Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson with bigger legs. He's just as fast, but he's stronger. He's breaking tackles like... I don't know how you game plan for that. Lamar, much better thrower of the football. Uh, I would say. And he's had more time so to far, get better at yes. it. 16 touchdowns for Lamar, 6 picks. Justin Fields, 12 touchdowns, 7 picks. No doubt. But and a Justin, lot of that coming in recent days. Right. In recent weeks, it's been much better. He's looked very, very Lamar-esque. Again, but there's nothing a defense can really do when the play breaks down and Justin starts to make plays with his legs. You saw Mike McDaniel couple of weeks ago. Hey, Mike, what'd you say to Justin when he ran by? I told him to stop scrambling Seriously. because it was really annoying. And, and, and he wouldn't take the coaching. He wouldn't stop. He didn't listen. Very, very funny line, but also very true. Like, you can do everything right on defense, and if somebody can move like that, 
What are you supposed to do? It's tough. It's difficult. And that's where, you know, you hope that Trey Lance can maybe not be that mobile, but be mobile enough to keep plays alive, make some plays on his own with his legs. But now he loses a year. So to your point, and Peter King's quote, will the Niners, among other teams, regret not taking Justin Fields? They might, because Justin Fields is sure flashing right now. But the ultimate regret will lie in how good Trey Lance becomes. The, uh, speaking of the quarterbacks and uh, where we're all heading, the uh, the Kyler Murray-Jimmy Garoppolo conversation earlier was a whole lot of fun. Uh, there is this from Jeremy Fowler. Uh, he just said on ESPN that Kyler Murray, quote, could miss another week or so. Uh, playfully, the guys in the other room, Kyle and, and Spadone, threw this out as I walked by. Uh, they're like, hey, if you're the Niners, would you rather face Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy? Right. Colt McCoy, right, there's a scab there. Don't pick the scab. But, I, listen, because of who Kyler is and the way he plays, and also, don't forget the way the Arizona Cardinals play this, especially with Kyler. Remember they did this a year ago, okay? Remember it was, we think Kyler might miss a game the following week. Kyler's just not quite ready. But, just, you know, next week. And then you get to next week. Ah, gosh. <laughs> Kyler just not quite ready. This is the way the Cardinals play it. I'll say it right here, right now. It is 10.51 Wednesday morning on 95.7 The Game. Get your butts ready for Colt McCoy on Monday night in Mexico. I don't think Kyler Murray's playing in this football game. I think you're right. And especially when you look at what Colt McCoy did to the Niners the last time he faced the 49ers. And Colt McCoy coming off a win. So this is a little bit like the Dak Prescott-Cooper Rush situation where... You know, even when Dak was close to being ready, Cooper Rush was the hot hand. So you rode him one more time, Dallas lost, then you went to Dak. If Kyler's not 100% and you've got a veteran quarterback who's already shown that he can beat the Rams and he's shown you in the past he can beat the 49ers, I don't think that you necessarily are that eager no. to go to Kyler Murray if he's not 100%. Well, there's an emotional side to this from the 49er perspective, too, which is that when you're playing a backup quarterback, all of a sudden, everybody just automatically expects you to crush the other team. Oh my gosh, you couldn't beat them with Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy's not great. What he is is serviceable, and what he also does is, while he does not have half of Kyler Murray's athleticism, he doesn't have half the danger that Kyler does, guess what he also does? Makes a hell of a lot fewer mistakes. Like Colt McCoy, it's no different than when you watch Brock Purdy come in in the preseason. What does he do well? Well, he can drop back and and make a good decision and just make the throw that's right in front of him. So what happened last year when the 49ers got torched by Colt McCoy is they weren't buttoned up. When you're facing somebody that cannot offer great playmaking ability, but they can offer decision-making, and what the defense gives you. have to be so buttoned up. Because if you just, if you're just like, ah, it's Colt McCoy, you know, I'm going to try to make a play on this guy, like, that's when he can beat you. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's, there's less playmaking, but there are fewer mistakes yeah. when McCoy goes into the game. I'm less concerned about that, though, this year with this defense, especially the, the defense. way they've played last two games, putting up goose eggs in the second half. This defense is playing very well playing very disciplined, they're getting healthy at the right time. I'm not as concerned about that aspect of it. I don't think Colt McCoy is going to have the opportunity to sit back there and pick apart this Niner defense. He can move too now, not like Kyler, yeah, but he not, he's, not, he's not a statue. Move around. 
And and Kyle Shanahan, can we have this conversation for one minute? Kyle Shanahan this week talked about, you know, turnovers on defense and great defense start with the pass rush. It starts with getting to the quarterback, and I think we could do a little bit better of that. And he's absolutely right. Like, we love this defensive line so much, and Nick Bosa is so good. I think we've trained ourselves to be just like, yeah, the Niner pass rush is going to be there always. It has been good. Not great. Not always consistent. Yeah. First half of both games, you're like, where are they? They finally started to get to people, Stafford and Herbert, in the second half of these games, and they were able to pitch shutouts. But I don't know if it's the lack of Armstead being there. Um, I know Ebicom is dealing with, with injuries, Amenahu dealing with injuries, but the pass rush has been good, not great. Yeah. And, and, and I think for this 49er team, for all these dreams of January and February, that pass rush has got to be elite. It's got to be better. Yeah, and you need to have everyone there. You need to be healthy. But uh, and you need to have the other teams not hold Nick Bosa on every play. Shout out Cheryl Bosa, wow, who joined us on Monday. They're going to. Hold Nick on yep. every single play. <laughs> By the way, uh, Colt McCoy, sneaky, he's 36. Is he really? Yeah, he's the seventh when oldest quarterback happen? in the National Football League. Seventh oldest QB. He was the quarterback when Saban won his first title at Alabama. He was the quarterback in that game, Texas and Alabama, because Greg McElroy got knocked down that first quarter. That was like 12 years ago. Was Cole McCoy... He was he was after Vince Young though, right? Yes, it was him and remember Sam Bradford. That was that whole yeah, yeah those two were yeah. going out against each other. Yeah, he was yeah. after Vince Young. Didn't yeah. Colt McCoy get hurt in that game and Garrett Gilbert came in? Correct. Jeez, sorry, that was a Brady, that was a Bonte. Brady Rogers, Matt Ryan, Joe yeah. Flacco, Brian Hoyer, and Chad Henney, the only quarterbacks Jeez. older. Then Colt McCoy. Yeah, you can't. You get like you're right, Kyle. You got to go to like I can't. You're talking to the wrong two people. I if you're like, the young people. Like, remember on that Thursday night back in 2006, who was the quarterback that came in? I have no idea. I have no clue. I don't know. Joe is yelling at his radio right now, driving around somewhere. He knows. They Colt McCoy got hurt in the game last week against the Rams too, didn't he? Didn't Trace McSorley came in? Yep. And then Colt McCoy came back in, and then they beat the Rams. Um, all right. What's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Don't forget, tune into Warriors Live on 95.7 The Game, presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet, only from Xfinity. And uh, got some James Wiseman stuff to get to coming up next hour. But next, it's Jesse Rogers, ESPN, on MLB Free Agency. Aaron Judge, how does it look? How long is it going to take? That's coming up next on Willard and Dibs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.